0: Living Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity helps over 2 million medical professionals. We are the largest medical network that includes over 80% of physicians and over 50% of physician assistants and nurse practitioners. We don't take that responsibility lightly and committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. If you want to learn more about Doximity, check out your app store at D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. That's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. What's up, y'all? This is Zach with Living Corporate. I'm excited about today's episode for a couple reasons. First of all, if you're hearing this, that means you're listening to living corporate which always excites me all right so that's the first reason of course the other reason is because we actually have an incredible guest to really spotlight and amplify hispanic heritage month i'm gonna say this also though, like the people that we have on living corporate they may be a part of various historically marginalized groups but we really spotlight and celebrate uh, historically marginalized perspectives all year round, right? So I want to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. I want to honor and respect the fact that, like, uh, the work of uh, Latino, Latina folks all around the world I um, mean their contributions abroad and in this country specifically, their resilience and ability, again, very similar to other marginalized groups, historically oppressed groups, create all sorts of innovation out of very little. And I want to honor that month, similar how we would honor... Black History Month or Pride Month. But I also want to say, if you're only honoring or respecting Latino, Latina perspectives during Hispanic Heritage Month, you're messing up. All right. So let's just let's get that out the way off top. And also, I want to shout out just the broad uh, cultural diversity of uh, the Latino, Latina community. I'm really excited about this person that we actually have on the show today. Diego Pantanoja Navas. Um, who is an executive with Amazon Web Services? And, and, you know, we talk about Diego and his his innovative experiences, and really the role that his culture plays, his family, his background, his upbringing played into some of the really disruptive things he's been able to do within the tech space. And I'm really excited about y'all hearing that conversation. But before we get in that conversation, we're gonna go ahead and hear the next episode of Workplace democracy. And then after that, you're going to hear my conversation with Diego. All right. So I'll see you in a minute. This episode of living corporate is brought to you by blind blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals on blind professionals connect and have honest discussions about salaries and what it's really like to work at or interview with a company. You can also join your private company channel to have a candid and safe conversation with your coworkers about what's really going on. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read. Check out teamblind.com to get the latest insights and the answers to your workplace questions. When you're building a culture of belonging, every word counts. That's why Textio brings the world's most advanced language insights into your hiring and employer brand content. Our industry-leading approach to artificial intelligence and machine learning provides the tools needed to find more diverse candidates. In short, Textio builds more equitable workspaces, guiding businesses and writing more inclusive job posts. And we're building on that success by bringing even more products to the market for all people who share our belief that language matters. Words have power, and at Textio, we harness that power to increase the access and availability of value-driven work for everyone.
1: Hey y'all, Welcome back to the Workplace Democracy podcast segment. Thanks for tuning in again to the podcast segment that informs you about strategies to protect your rights as a professional employee. In the first episode, we talked about what the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, is. In this episode, I'll explain the process to file a charge with the EEOC. And if you didn't listen to the first episode, I hope you'll go back and listen. But to reintroduce myself, my name is Tyre Robinson and I'm an attorney licensed to practice in the state of Maryland. I'm passionate about letting folks know about their rights and how to protect them so that knowledge can be used to make workplaces more equitable and more of a democracy for those who power those workplaces. So one of the first terms that I used just now, a charge, In this context, a charge of discrimination is a statement asserting that a covered employer engaged in employment discrimination. Filing this sets in motion for the EEOC to investigate the claim and, if possible, take corrective action. All laws enforced by the EEOC except the Equal Pay Act require you to file a charge before filing a lawsuit for unlawful discrimination. Next, let's talk about timeline. In general, you have 180 calendar days from the day that the last act of discrimination took place to file a charge. You have 300 days if there's a state or local agency that also enforces a similar law that prohibits the same type of discrimination in employment. Here's where it can get somewhat complicated. If you have a situation where you're being harassed at work, Unless the harassment is ongoing, there's a separate time clock for each distinct discriminatory event. So for example, 180 days or 300 days from the Discriminatory Act number 1 and a separate countdown of 180 days or 300 days from Discriminatory Act number 2. So as a rule of thumb, it's best to act as soon as possible. If you think you have a claim, you're ready to file your charge, where do you want to go and do that? You want to do that online using the EEOC public portal where you can submit an inquiry, which starts the process of a charge. You can also locate and contact an EEOC field office that's located nearest to you to file a charge with them. Now that we've discussed a few steps already, you might be starting to wonder, how long might this process take after I file a charge? a great question. The EEOC may take around 10 months to investigate a charge after you file one. Unfortunately, the legal system can operate slower than one would hope in certain circumstances, so you should be prepared to be patient and plan in advance by having all of your documents and any supporting information ready to share when you first file your charge or speak with an investigator. Also, remember that you can check on your charges status through the EEOC's online system. Let's recap what we just discussed. We just talked about the process for lodging a discrimination complaint with the EEOC. Remember though, that your city or state may have other local mechanisms to file a complaint of discrimination too. One place to check is your local department of labor. Another option is if your city or state has a local office of civil rights and if they have the authority to uphold discrimination laws. This process that we discussed is not for federal employees. Federal employees may need to follow a different process to file a charter discrimination. If you think your employment rights have been violated, it's best to consult an employment law attorney as soon as possible. Depending on your state, the statute of limitations, which means the last day or time limit that you have to file a lawsuit or a claim based on the potential discrimination, may run based on either the first day that the discrimination occurred or the last day. But as a rule of thumb, as we talked about earlier, the sooner you act, the better. Thanks again for listening to Workplace Democracy, brought to you by the Living Corporate Network and myself, Tyra Robinson. I hope you'll tune in every segment to learn more about how to bring democracy to your workplace. Please understand that this podcast is only intended for educational purposes and is not a replacement for individualized legal advice. You should always seek the services of a licensed attorney who will look at the specific facts of your individual circumstance if you are contemplating legal action. Additionally, the views expressed in this podcast are my own and are not reflective of my employer.
0: Live in Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity is committed to fostering an inclusive and diverse work environment where differences are valued, practices are equitable and employees experience a sense of belonging that allows them to bring their full, authentic selves daily. As medicine's largest network, there's an elevated level of responsibility to everything we do. We don't take that responsibility lightly and are committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. So if you want to learn more about Doximity, go to your app store and type in D-O-X-I-M I-T-Y. Again, that's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. This episode of Living Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals from startups to some of the largest companies in the world like Amazon, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, Goldman Sachs, Google, J.P. Morgan, Meta, and more. Blind's mission of transparency seeks to break down professional barriers and silos at work so that you can make productive change and advance your career. It's a safe space to ask questions and get the real-time insights and perspectives from people who know what you've been through. On Blind, you can connect and have honest discussions about everything from compensation, company culture, performance reviews, promotions, and more. You can also join your exclusive private company channel to chat with your coworkers about company policies and what's really going on at work. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read on Blind. Download and install Blind from the App Store or visit TeamBlind.com to get access to the latest salary, company reviews, and interview experiences at thousands of companies worldwide. Diego, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Listen, I'm going to get right to it because I find your story, your background intriguing. At 28, you created your own startup. That was incredibly successful we'll talk about that in a minute but what was the story behind you deciding to even venture to doing that was there something that happened that made you say you know what i'm gonna do this on my i'm I'm, a, I'm cutting out i'm doing my own thing
2: yeah there were a lot of things so i started my career as a consultant and i wanted to with the idea of creating my my company i wanted to create an alternative to provide customers a more agile way to solve their issues. I wanted to create more cost-effective applications. I wanted to disrupt uh, a very established industry with advanced technology. And I wanted to introduce what sounded crazy at that time, the concept of running your warehouse management systems or your inventory systems in the cloud. At that time, people were a little bit hesitant to, to use the cloud, they were more comfortable having all of those, you know, critical assets, you know, you're, you're managing your inventory in the cloud. That concept at that time was, look, I'm, I'm not ready to move my inventory, my, my most valuable assets to the cloud, and I will not have the control that I have today. I, ha- I today I have all that, all that infrastructure in my data centers, I can manage it, I see it, I know when it goes down, I can I can handle it. But they didn't understand really what was the power of the cloud and the benefits that this new way of managing or or deploying software was going to help them and how that was going to help them reduce costs, reduce time spending in solving issues and really helping companies to focus on the real key issues for them rather than spending a significant amount of time trying to solve issues that are not core to their business. So there was a bunch of uh, benefits and we really wanted to democratize the use of the cloud and technology so companies of every size could uh, utilize advanced technologies so they can compete head to head with other organizations and uh, be able to grow and find new opportunities for them.
0: You know, it's interesting, uh, Diego, you know, so often for black and brown uh, professionals, we have to navigate and deal with like the typical workplace politics and really like the compounded pressures of being one of the only people of our backgrounds at work. Um, I'm curious, like what did those experiences look, look like for you before you went out and did your own thing? And then what did it look like after you had success with your startup and sold your company to Oracle? Like, was there a difference at all in terms of like what you experienced and how you were treated?
2: Look, I'm gonna say that there was definitely a before and after, okay? I think the, the before was more about, do you have any proven points that the ideas or concepts or projects or innovations that you want to bring into an industry like supply chain, were going to be effective, right? There, there was a lot of, uh, I think, that entrust factor there that I didn't have. And of course, also, I'm Latino. So I'm not saying that that is good or bad, what I'm saying. But there's also another factor of, hey, have you seen that? Have you done this here in this market? Have you been able to create these ideas? and and work with more established U.S. companies, so we had to do more work than it required. There were more proven points that we needed to give. I think there was more people at the beginning. Either we didn't make it to the cut to the final three vendors that the people wanted to work with, or if we were in in those three last vendors that were evaluating, we needed to do more proof points because we didn't have the history or the proof points to show after the event, after we you know, we, we were able to get acquired by Oracle and we were able to prove that we had a really great, great product that helped many companies around the globe. Then, of course, that entrust really became less of an issue. And I could see that our ideas or the initiatives that we want to do or others have been taken more seriously and with less scrutiny than what we experienced before our acquisition.
0: So let me ask you this. You know, you talked earlier, the very first question asked around the trigger, you were talking about different ways to really democratize information, leveraging the cloud, and just creating more accessibility across the board. You know, I read a little bit of some of your your bio and just other information about you, about how disruptive your ideas were. Um, You just now also talked about uh, the scrutiny that you faced and and having multiple proof points. Uh, May I ask like, what advice would you have for black and brown innovators who often do face a higher threshold to achieve trust compared to perhaps like their white counterparts like how did you navigate and manage that and what advice would you give to other uh, black and brown innovators who kind of face the same challenges
2: i will say stay very close to your ideas and it's very easy Uh, i think one of the uh, this is a great question i love it during that process when we were building our company and growing we, we have an an enormous amount of pressures not only from the competition because they were trying to in a way prevent us from being successful because they knew these these new products or our approach into the market was going to be very different because the way how we were handling it and we stay very true to what we wanted to do we stay very true to our goals and objectives and i think the success that we had is that we were able to eliminate obstacles and distractions to the core of our business to the core of what we wanted to achieve and we also found early in the process that in our evaluation process in terms of who we wanted to work to because to your point also it started to become okay who do we want to work with who is really eager to or open to work with new company new leaders different backgrounds and at the same time instead of us trying to always sometimes hit the same type of companies with the same profile we were very smart to say you know what that company and that other company their internal culture is more aligned is more open for diversity and inclusion and is more open to work with other ideas and other businesses or other leaders that can help them so it was also a very critical area of our success was for us to have a very reparative model and process that will help us find the companies that were more aligned to our culture and to who we were and who we wanted to be. Because we never stopped believing in, in terms of who we wanted to be. And that's why we were very focused on our goals. And that's how we were able to achieve what we did is because those distractions, we treat them as distractions without having us to move our business plan to our model in terms of what we wanted to achieve.
0: You know, I actually want to get to to the role that you're in today. You're the VP of new products on uh, Amazon Web Services business application team. So first of all, it sounds like a very sexy title, okay? What does it mean practically day to day?
2: First, it's a very humbling job. I have the opportunity to work with so many leaders and so many builders that bring so much to the table in terms of their experiences, their knowledge, their guidance, that I feel like I'm learning every day. It's a very, very enriched experience and I'm enjoying it, every piece of it, every moment of it. Here at AWS, the responsibility that you have to be customer obsessed, the responsibility to react to the market with innovation, to be able to dive deep in terms of how you can invent and simplify areas that are complex problems that the world is facing. And you wanna come with ideas that are new and innovative. It's very challenging, correct? And that's the exciting part about the job is that every day we face a new challenge and every day we are using and leveraging our cloud infrastructure, our SDKs, our primitives, and all the other solutions that we have in-house to be able to package and build the right solution, the right application for our customer needs. And you need to think in in a big scale. Like we love to say at at Amazon, we think big. We really drive these very challenging North Star uh, plans, but at the same time, we're very successful because we know how we are going to uh, break those North Stars Uh, visions that we have and make it in a way that we can get quick wins for our customers and for our teams so we can continue iterating making them better being frugal in terms of the investments that we do and at the same time uh, motivate our resources and also one of the biggest areas that we do which is invest in hiring and developing the best resources in the market is something that we enjoy doing every day so it's the combination of All those 16 leadership principles that we have in the company that are not only words that are staying in a paper, uh, are things that we really, truly believe. And we work and execute them on a daily basis.
0: You know, you've been in the role now uh, for about a year. Like, as you look back at your first year, what are you most proud about? And then as you think about this next year, let's think about like 2023, what are you most excited
2: about? I'm very excited that since coming here, I have had the opportunity to dive deep in terms of all the experiences and knowledge that I have in in building enterprise business applications and being able to create a very crisp vision in terms of where we want to go as a business, uh, set the foundational blocks that are gonna allow us to not only think about what we're gonna do in 2022 and beyond. I'm very proud that we've been able to hire and really develop great resources, both from internal AWS teams, Amazon teams, and external teams uh, that came, uh, external resources that came to join us, that we have been able to expand into very key areas of the country. Um, Our team expanded into Atlanta, because we wanted to diversify our team we wanted to have different uh, and provide different opportunities and you know i graduated from georgia tech i spent a lot of time in atlanta i love that city and not only i love it but there's so many potential on hiring uh, a very diversified uh, workforce of engineers and others we went to miami too uh, with the same approach let's go and try to build a more diversified workforce because I believe that diversification and inclusion will make us more stronger as a team. We did the same in Austin, so we created a very strong team in those cities, and right now we can see the results. And to finalize, I'm very proud that we have seen our team work in a very unified way and being able to find solutions to very complex issues every day. And that's the result of great leaders, great builders that we have within our organization. That's something that I'm, I'm very excited and proud of.
0: You know, speaking of pride, I'm curious, what role does your own family history and culture play into how you show up in your day-to-day work?
2: Great question. Uh, that is every day. You know, who I am, my heritage, my family, that's me. I take that with a lot of uh, responsibility. You know, I work with a lot of people I'm always exposed to customers. I'm always exposed to different, and not only about work, but also in the day-to-day life. Right? So I, I do believe that who I am, how I behave, what I portrayed, especially knowing that you know I'm a Latino that came to this country and you know, I've been able to grow and be blessed with a successful career, I hold that every day and I try to be the best of me. Every day, just because I feel like I have the, that responsibility to help others to understand that it's just a matter of being true to who you are and being able to um, be proud of who you are and be able to carry that uh, flag if you want to put it away every day and, and just be the best. That's what I try to do. I try to be the best dad. I try to be the best coworker. I try to be the best friend. And, you know, I fail a lot every day, believe me, a uh, hundred times, but I try to at the same time, stand up and say, okay, let me learn from those lessons. Let me get the feedback also from people that I work with or my own family. And like, you know, let me regroup and, and, and make sure that the next step will be better than the previous before.
0: There you go. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I felt like we could go on and on forever, but I have one big question for you. So you are a Latino man. You're a brown man, um, in a very white space in tech. And you're an innovative person. And like, you know, something I've I've shared with a couple of people of various backgrounds is that it's hard to find, I, I think it's actually impossible. I'll actually say, it. I think it's impossible to find someone of an historically marginalized background who is innovative and disruptive and is liked by everybody. I think that innovation creates tension and frustration. I think that's part of just the work. That doesn't mean that you're being a jerk, to be clear, but I'm saying like, you're not going to just be liked by everybody because you're innovating. Like you, you're, you're going to ruffle feathers. I would imagine you more than others would appreciate the principle of sponsoring talent and providing air cover and um, not just telling talent young, not just advising talent, but really giving them sponsorship. Talk to me about how you sponsor talent um, at AWS and what that means for you.
2: Great point. It means a lot. And the responsibility to be able to sponsor that talent is something that I take very seriously. And to your point, being a successful leader in an industry like the tech industry, you need to have the right right mindset, okay? What I spend a lot of time is in helping these young leaders that one thing is to have hard skills. You know, you can be very good on Building software, you can be really good with understanding technology, core technology components. And that's great. That's half of the bottle if you want to put it away. But there's an emotional IQ that you also need to harvest and train and take it to the next level. Okay. So, what I mean by that is, I think a lot of the advice that I gave to these young leaders and builders is that. In order to succeed in any industry, you need to be able to manage that soft skills in a way that you can help building a very strong foundation for your own story, for your own success story. And what I mean by that, not in a selfish way, but I'm saying some people, because of their backgrounds, because of the bad experiences they might have had in the past, they're not open their hearts or their minds to have better conversations, to have better relationships. Sometimes they're just focused on the bad rather than focusing on the, on the good or the potential good that they can find by being more open and working with different people. So my main point, my main first recommendation to everybody is like, you gotta forget all that. And I know it's hard and it's easy to say than done, but in order to be successful, and in order to be a leader, You need to be able to bring the best out of you and help others bring the best out of them, regardless of any experience, good or bad, that you have had in the past, and be able to just focus on what is important and show them your skills, your hard skills, and don't make your soft skills be an inhibitor of your hard skills because you're not open or you're not able to collaborate with others in a better way.
0: I love it. Diego, this has been a phenomenal conversation, man. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming through. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I, I'm really thankful. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having me here, and i uh, looking forward to having all those conversations with you in the future. Awesome. Peace.
0: Yo, I want to thank Diego. Shout out to AWS. Appreciate y'all working with Living Corporate. Phenomenal conversation. Listen, I want to make sure that folks also really appreciate something that Diego said about how to honor the reality of your history and your experiences, while at the same time not letting those experiences define how you interpret every other situation that you're ever going to get into. Right. I think about, listen, I've been harmed a variety of different ways by folks that do not look like me. Um, And I have to be wise and like, it'd be foolish to act as if those things never happened. But at the same time, carrying that anger can be self-destructive, right? Carrying that and letting it color every future interaction you have can be harmful to you irrespective of how logical or reasonable it feels to do that. And again, I'm not telling you that your pain or your frustrations or your past traumas are uh, not real or not valid because they are. I would hope and encourage everybody to go to therapy, talk to somebody through your challenges, through your frustrations, so that those things not for the sake of the person that harmed you, but for your own success and growth. All right. Kind of a serious message to end on, but it's real. And I was, I was really appreciative of Diego speaking on that as we were wrapping up the conversation. With all that being said, y'all, this has been Zach. You've been listening to Living Corporate and our conversation with Diego Pantano Navas, executive at Amazon Web Services. Talk to you soon. Peace. Living Corporate is brought to you by Textio. Today's top talent is everywhere, representing everyone, and our work environment should reflect the level of inclusion to meet that standard. Textio achieves this in building more equitable company cultures through the language we use in our job postings. That culture is formed one hire at a time, making the words we use to reach more diverse candidates all the more important. Our advanced language insights and employer brand content is what drives our mission of inclusion. Through our industry-leading application of artificial intelligence and machine learning, we're able to widen companies' reach in finding and building upon the very diverse talent that empowers a culture of belonging. Every door should be open to every qualified job seeker. Again, that's Textio.